0: Okay, welcome to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett, and I'm Dr. Brett, and today I'm here with Ryan Davey, a good friend and also an interesting guy with a background as a tennis teacher, tennis instructor, um, also, also a therapist, which is interesting, and now he's turned himself into a financial planner and an insurance sales guy. So you've done a lot in the last you know three or four years since we've met. Um, what's the most fun part, and how do you manage all those transitions, Ryan?
1: absolutely uh dr brett i appreciate that introduction um i would say it's it's a combination of everything you know i i like where the journey's taken me uh you know educationally through um you know psychology the um helping fields um you know through therapy i enjoyed my time you know going through grad school and and that experience i'd say the most fun uh is probably probably coaching tennis Coaching
0: tennis is the most fun. So how has coaching tennis, uh, you know, helped you like, you know, or influenced you as a financial planner and as, you know, as you transitioned into, you know, a sales role? Tell me what, you know, what's overlapped as a teacher, as an instructor with your current Uh job, and then maybe blend in what being a therapist meant then, today, and in your future here.
1: Absolutely. And I was thinking about this, you know, prior to our, you know, conversation today, I think the blend was, um, you know, just caring about my clients, whether it's in a therapy session, whether it's on a tennis court, whether it's in you know uh, one of our meetings in the office. Um, just having an ability to connect with you know, one of our clients, one of our patients. Um, I think, I think it's just giving a recommendation, being able to assess a situation, um, whether that's uh, their current state of behavioral health and what's best for them. You know. With Mm -hmm. paper plan or it's a a financial plan, so I think it's um, the similar level of assessment, but just a different lens Mm -hmm. for me at least. So the the transition from being a mental health professional, a therapist, to a um, financial advisor was pretty seamless, you know, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And being able to connect with our with our clients and then you know to our financial clients uh, has been the easiest part. Yeah. So
0: the background, the connecting part, establishing a relationship part, you know, as a therapist, right, that's a huge part of the experience is you got to connect with your clients and then you use the relationship. Mm-hmm. as a way of influencing them on their journey in a positive way in so many positive ways right um, but what about as a, as an tennis instructor is that similar you're doing something similar you're connecting first then yeah. you're te- teaching right and Absolutely. as a financial planner mm-hmm. again you're doing the connecting piece first mm-hmm. because without the connection why should anybody trust you or buy from you or whatever from you right
1: exactly and what i say now in my business as a financial advisor is um i'm in the long-term relationship building business. I'm not yes. looking to sell, tell, sell a small product, come to your house, sell something over the phone. Very tra- transactional that other agents build a business like that. My idea is, and from my, what I've learned from my mentors is, you know, uh, I want to meet the family. I want to understand the family dynamic, which comes the psychology, um, you know, background. get a sense of the family situation. And from there, when I understand who they are and what their goals are, you know, we can, you know, hopefully build a long-term relationship. And that goes with yeah. some of my tennis clients that I've I've had for several years, even, even a decade, you know? Yeah, so that's
0: fascinating. It's something I've talked about a lot over the years. You know that. I'm not a fan of transactional relationships. I don't even do it with a plumber or electrician. You know, I take some kind sure. of even if it's just a tiny genuine interest, I'm taking a genuine interest in pretty much everybody I meet. I think it's a better way, even the waitress at the table. You know, it's like she's a human being. I look her in the eye or he's a human being. I look them in the eye and I acknowledge their presence. You know, I try to, you know, it's just a way of living and a way of being. That said, how do you handle, you know, the myriad of beings that you meet that, you know, relate to you transactionally? Because a lot of people... They just don't, you know, they don't see it that way. It's not a relationship Mm -hmm. for them. It's simply a transaction to get something
1: done. So how do you handle that? That's a great question, Dr. Brett. And I think uh, that comes in time with having a strong kind of radar, you know, and that could be a, a tennis client that only wants to commit once a month and the session's over, have a nice weekend, Ryan. We don't say anything. And that could be a financial client who says, hey, I'm looking for you know, life insurance policy, whatever it is. And it can be handled in 15 minutes. I mean, I speak to him or her for another year, you know, compared to a client that I've gone to their house several times, had several follow-ups with and, and know their, you know, family and business situation a little more in depth. So I think it comes from experience and and early on being able to ask, ask the client specifically, what are your goals? What are you looking for out of this relationship? And being very sometimes blunt and clear about it lets a client coming back to therapy, you yeah. know, client and patient, patient centered, uh, you know, treatment, the, the client or the, the patient is the expert and let them guide, you know.
0: Now, have they, you been transactional in your background, Ryan, or have you, have you made a transition or were you always more the other way? What's been your path?
1: I'd say um, probably similar to yourself. I've, you know, have a pretty long history of, of long-term relationships with friends and family. Um, you know, even even some uncles and aunts that you would think would just be you see a couple times a year, you know, Merry Christmas. I've had some really deep, um, you know, relationships with some of my older family members, and you know, connected to them to where a lot of younger cousins and nephews may not have. So, um, mm. it's only someone who uh, isn't, you know, tries to relate to all my friends and family and try to connect
0: on a deeper level, you know? Yeah, I love it. So tell us about the transition, you know, into sales because that's not always easy. There's a lot of rejection involved. Mm -hmm. I often compare it to dating, right? And I know that you overcame that one i don't know if you're half yeah. italian or entirely but it's like you just kind of got that one you're over that one <laughs> you know so yeah. did you how did you make that i'm being playful around ethnicity sure. right i don't know yeah. if some people get offended by that but i'm just being playful
1: i like to compare dating to like interviewing yeah, I'm,
0: exactly. 20, I'm, I'm
1: 22 out of college you know we all think we're hot hot or whatever but um <laughs> well your
0: pond scum too at 22 23 right it's like no, I I new that. york city right and we were at the bottom no. of the food chain in new york
1: absolutely yeah but, but
0: anyway go, go ahead
1: so the confidence on on a first round interview or you're a young adult um you don't have the experience and you don't really believe in yourself the same for a first date when you're younger i feel like again confidence comes comes in time so i like to say uh a first interview, a first date's easy for me now. That's right. That's in the past, you know. And, and what about
0: the rejection involved? You know, how have you handled that? And you know, have you gotten a lot better at it? Or are you always sort of it's sure. something you've been reasonably I mean, decent at?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're passionate about your business, it's never gonna be, be nice. It's never gonna feel good to have a prospective client or patient, you know, say something poorly about your business, your company, or, or about you reaching out. But um, I think in in that sense, you have to have a short memory and go on to the next situation, the next opportunity. Yeah, so
0: if you missed the three-foot putt, you don't want to be thinking about that on the next tee box, right? You just got to move on from that. Um, and, And in tennis, I would imagine it's similar, right? I mean, I've played enough tennis in my lifetime. You don't want to be focused on any of the previous shots, right? You're back in the moment and back in the moment. How are you doing with that, like, present moment time?
1: Um. It's still something I'm working on. You know, it's I mean it's been your that's life that's a lifelong journey, yeah. right? It's been your lifelong journey. It's something you've committed decades to and it's um, you know, mindfulness and you know, being in the present, whether that that that's in a client meeting, whether that's in a you know, on a day with a relationship, whether that's sitting down with a family member, um yeah. not, not on your phone, being in the moment. I'm working on it. Yeah, because I often say
0: that, you know, when people ask me questions around, you know, how to interview and stuff, and I'm like, primary thing is the same thing with dating. It's like to show up. Present and engaged. That's primary. So, you're Mm -hmm. actually like, you know, as a financial planner, if you're a really good listener, that's going to have a huge impact because now you're really understanding your clients' needs. And being Mm -hmm. a really good listener, for the most part, means you're not listening to you, right? You're listening to them. You're not listening to that little voice in your head unless it's intuitive. What you're really doing is emptying your mind for the most part and asking questions, being curious and listening to them. You agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) What are you curious about, just out of curiosity?
1: Um, I'm curious, have you, you know, what's been going on with you in your world with your business? You know, I'm thinking about everything with COVID. Um, You know, businesses have been suffering. I see a lot of pressure on, on young adults. Have you seen an increase in? No, I was
0: very, time. yeah, you know, it's a really good question. I was very worried, not so much about myself because, you know, I've been running remote, out, you know, in and out of Connecticut for, for a long, long time, right? It's mm-hmm. like I fly back in, I spend a lot of time there, nine day trips and so on. But I've been set up for this kind of experience for more than a decade. So I've been fluid and flexible. You know, I was able to run a business from China and Thailand. So for for me personally, the experience of covid in some respects made it easier because the one out of three people that needed to see you in person no longer had that excuse right they you know because for a long time i was able to say to people look you know what i mean if i get behind you you're going to win or if i get behind your son or daughter they're going to win because i have a lot of confidence in what i do and i've been really good at it for a long time and it's really been you know true It's just some people feel like they have to see you in person. And look, I love the in person thing. And when I come back, you know, I do see everybody in person. But so for me, COVID just in some ways made the business easier, but also one of the things I talked about in March and April that I was very worried about with shutdowns and so on, I'm now worried about again, is the increased levels of anxiety and depression and substance abuse and, you know, violence and things like that that are, you know, prevalent when you have more pressure, econo- more economic pressure and more pressure on the system. And we are we are seeing more and more of that. And so that's why I think policy needs to be more understanding of the sort of mental health aspects of things like lockdowns and restrictions and shutdowns, because too many people are suffering. And that's not mental health is not, even though we talk about it in a way that is, you know, sort of like, you know, it's a little more enlightened than it was in the yeah. past. It's still not prevalent. People get really scared around you know, the virus and so on. And there's other pictures besides just the virus, right? If you're not elderly or immune compromised, there's a bigger picture, right? There's like your, you know, health and health and welfare emotionally and psychologically and spiritually, right? And the welfare of your community as well, right? And our sense of
1: communion and everything. And we forget, you know, when that's challenged and when it's, it's not strengthened, you know, how, how much that affects us. And when I was spending days and weeks inside, working from home, not getting sunlight, not getting really any you know interaction with any other any other humans, rather, I you know I started to feel that that seasonal depression type absolutely
0: you know, come over, yeah. and,
1: and, and my energy was impaired, my focus, my concentration. I you know put on a few pounds, and, I, and it just yeah. hit. Me. I'm not drinking enough water. My activity is too low. So as soon mm-hmm. as I changed my diet and my activity, it was like. You know a couple hours later I f- I felt better my energy level was higher, higher again and, and yeah. I just like you know mental health the second word is health it's it's so imperative yeah. it's so imperative totally it's so imperative to our over our overall health that and so is the interactions
0: with people you know i've been like concerned about you know things like wearing masks outside where there's almost no evidence of outside Mm -hmm. transmission and the metaphor is that look people need to have social interaction okay we're six feet away i understand Mm -hmm. the inside situation but outside it seems like we need to have you know human beings need the social contact. it's really important for who we are for our health, mm-hmm. our well being our immune systems. There hasn't been enough talk in my uh from my perspective about immunity in our immune systems and how much you know love and human interactions mm-hmm. matter in terms of our immunity right yeah. and then there's- of course, as you know, the choices we make right when we're eating healthier and we're exercising, and we're doing things like meditating versus what happens with a lot of people when they're under more pressure is they do more drugs and alcohol and more Doritos, so to speak. Right. And that's also happened. There's, you know, like higher instances, you know, since this thing began of substance abuse and so on. And, you know, and I think we'll find that suicides are higher and, you know, crime we already know is way up. So we have to sort of balance, you know, public health and well-being with the, mental health and emotional health and and spiritual health and well-being and i'm not sure that that's been you know fully balanced in this process right because you went through it right it's like you've started to feel really isolated well you're equipped Mm -hmm. ryan to handle that isolation Mm -hmm. right because you have you know techniques and strategies that Mm you've worked with clients for years on Mm -hmm. not everybody is that equipped right Literally, we're in Florida, and I ran into a guy the other day who, um, you know, just got out of Brooklyn, and he moved down here because he said the crime and the gangs in his neighborhood were out of bounds and, you know, out of
1: control. That's what you know, I'm thinking so, about, you know, um, you know, that person that's in that 800-square-foot apartment in Brooklyn or New York City who said, hey, I don't mind sucking it up, having this little place. I can go out and walk the park during the day. I love the city and the energy, but now I'm stuck here, you know, 22 hours a day. It's you know, completely changed. So people are saying... Yeah,
0: it's not good for your immune system either. It's unhealthy. When you're depressed, as you know, it affects your immunity. And, you know, a lot of this thing is also related to our immune system, not just the spread of COVID, which is, you know, obviously it's a coronavirus, which is a flu is also a coronavirus. In other words, our immunity is affected by Mm -hmm. our level of happiness and our level of well-being. There's been, you know, decades and decades of research on that. So...